real sports talk for real sports fans. 1700, the champ. Welcome in. We say hello to you, Jim and Trent, right here on 1700 The Champ. A great show lined up for you, and we uh, have a lot to discuss, particularly, partner, with the uh, with the playoff picture. At least now, the first college football rankings are out, not the AP or some other rankings, the uh, supposed official college rankings. Look, I, I knew Iowa was going to be included in there, but... I'm happy to see that Iowa State checked in as well. Yeah, good to see. And uh, yeah. you, you see the one of two, lo- uh, two three loss teams that are in the rankings there. I think it shows you the nature of the schedule. It shows you the nature of how much metrics like this team. We've talked about that certainly on the Vegas perspective and the way they look at this Cyclone football team and how much respect that they get with the guys in the desert, and that is carried on here. And you look deeper than just win-loss record. You, you dive deeper into this. You see the respect that the Cyclones are getting. Jim, the biggest question in my mind, though, if Iowa would have got that victory against Penn State last weekend, how high would the Hawkeyes be ranked? I, I certainly believe, looking at the respect they have with two losses and still being ranked in the top 16 in the country, if maybe, just maybe, this would be a top 10 team, top 8 team. I think maybe, a lot maybe. of respect that was there for Iowa. I think if they would have beat Penn State and beating them on the road, they'd be ahead of Kentucky. I think they'd be ahead yes. of Washington State. And and you couple that because of Iowa State, the non-conference win they have there. I think we'd be talking about a team ranked incredibly high if they just could have found a way to win that game. The, the problem is, Trent, and we've had this discussion, they gagged in both opportunities uh, losing at home to Wisconsin and then that road game where they did, and you pointed this out to everybody, they did not score an offensive touchdown. Um, I, I, I'm with you, though, on that. I think that they would have gotten the respect of the committee, but it didn't turn out like that. And so now it's a, uh, a situation where they have been eliminated from uh, any opportunity to play. Even if they win the West and were to go to the Big Ten Conference Championship game and win, my guess is with two losses, not unless you know the top teams all start to falter, that they would not be, have the opportunity to get in. You know, that that's maybe an interesting conversation, Jim, is what it would take for Iowa to still be in yes. there. Because going into that game last week, I brought that up, that Iowa still had a real opportunity to get into the college football playoff. Even with one loss, they had a chance to get there. Obviously, have to run the table, win the Big Ten Championship. But now with two losses, is there any way that they could do it? I still think yes. I still think there is a path there, and there is paths. For two lost teams. You know, a lot of people are talking about Central Florida. Well, look at the schedule that Central Florida still has to play coming up. Temple, who is a good football team. Navy, right, Na- Navy isn't great this year, at least in terms of win-loss record, but you know how difficult that game can be throughout the years, Jim. Then Cincinnati, who's been ranked this year and has been very good. They're 7-1. and one. Then a one-loss South Florida team after that. And even if they run the table from there still in front of them, they have a matchup more than likely against Houston in the American Conference. So, all right, cross them off, though. They take a loss. You're going to have to talk about two loss champions, a two-loss Pac-12 champion, a two-loss Big 12 champion. Of course, Iowa as a two-loss Big 12 champion, and then it has to be Alabama, 
running away and hiding. And they win at 13-0 and the SEC. They don't take a loss. And you take kind of off the table a two-loss SEC champion. There's right. still a path. It's not a realistic path. I don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> but there still yeah. is a path, Jimmy B. There's been teams that have come from 16 and got to the college football playoff. But there's oh, going to have to be a lot of carnage. You need Notre Dame to lose a couple of games, lose yes. to both Syracuse and USC. There's a lot still in front of them that has to happen, but it could happen. The best thing, though, win out, get to the Big Ten championship game, see mm-hmm. where the pieces fall. It's not going to be in the college football playoff more than likely. But you know what? The Rose Bowl, pretty nice consolation prize. And your first Big Ten title since 2004, that's pretty good, too. Well, yeah, you would certainly take that. I mean, I'm not turning that down. And you'd have another chance to go to Pasadena again so you could go to the Rose Parade. No, I'm not doing that. <laughs> I, I was already there, Jim. I was already there. I, I, you wouldn't go. If, if they went, if they no. got to the. No. You wouldn't, no. you wouldn't go back out there? No. Really? Unless you're paying. That's an expensive trip, Prince, and I work at radio. I know it's ex- I know. And then it's you get ripped off by people when you get out there. So, no, absolutely not. <laughs> you get lied to and say, oh, yeah, your, your hotel's paid for. It wasn't paid for. No, I'm, I'm not falling for that again. Absolutely not. No, unless you're paying, <laughs> I'm not going because I finally paid off that stupid credit card bill. <laughs> I wonder I wonder how many Hawk fans are just like you. I'm not going back there again, even though they're in the Rose Bowl. I'm not going. <laughs> if they had a similar experience. That's funny. Unbelievable. All right, Jimmy B. I know. So the college yeah. football playoff is here. Let's uh let, let's take a look at these first rankings. No surprises at the top. Did you have any other takeaways? I mean, we started at the local level with Iowa and Iowa State. Right. Taking the broader perspective now, anything at all that jumped out to you? It was really kind of ho-hum, ho-hum to me. Well, I, I expected the first one to be like that. I, I didn't see anything really to nitpick at. Uh, look, you could have Oklahoma in one spot and move them in front of Michigan. I mean, in all actuality, who really has Michigan beaten? You know, that that's, that's the question right there. Look, LSU, I thought, had a great case to be in the, in the first four with the wins that they have over highly ranked teams. So I, I was A-OK with that. Notre Dame is undefeated, and, and say what you want to say, uh, about them, that they only play 12 games. They don't have to play a conference championship game. Uh, you can complain a little bit about their schedule. But if they go undefeated because they are somebody named Notre Dame, they're going to be in, Trent. They are. Yeah. It's just that It's just that simple. I, I think the bigger question is if they have a loss, if they – if they do lose to Syracuse, what happens to them? Where do they fall in the pecking order? They're out. They're out. Well, Jim, you say that. You say that, but realize this isn't in a vacuum. Every single year we have this conversation at this point. And every single year, well, we got this many undefeated teams and this many one-loss teams. Teams still have to play each other. There's going to be more losses out there. This is not a complete snapshot of what it's going to look like in December. That's what we continue to miss. Upsets happen. Teams lose games. Teams are going to lose games. So a one-loss, yes, a one-loss Notre team, Dame team right now, of course they wouldn't yes. be in. But that's not yeah. what we're talking about. You have to project forward. It doesn't matter. This thing is still, it's a TV show. And, and we get all wrapped up in it. And people, but remember, there's a lot more layers to this, a lot more nuance that you have to get into. 
that's the part that sometimes drives me, drives me nuts is people, there is so much more to still be played. That's the part you have to get into, Jim. You have to project forward. I always project forward. That's my life. I'm always looking forward, Trent. I'm in that mode. I'm just saying right now, because Notre Dame's schedule has not been that strong, their biggest win is over Michigan right now. That's their biggest win. If they were to lose a game, they have no conference championship game, they would be 11-1. and There would have to be lots of dominoes, teams with no losses or one loss right now like the Michigans, like Oklahoma. I think if, if Oklahoma runs the table and Notre Dame uh, has a, a loss, whether if it's Syracuse or USC, Oklahoma's going to get in because they won their conference championship game. So I, I, just, I, I just think that it is so important for Notre Dame because they do not play in a conference. They play as an independent with no conference championship game that they would have to be absolutely perfect and win out in order to make the dance. That's that's just my my opinion on it as of today. And you're right, things are going to change down the stretch. Look, you got Alabama LSU this Saturday. If if Alabama blows out LSU in the bayou, oh good God, that is I mean, people will just crown them champions immediately. If LSU finds a way to pull off that upset, you know me, I'm all in on chaos, mm-hmm. and that would mean chaos, and that would be great. Yeah, yeah, I, I want to see that. I want to see the carnage. I, I want to see Notre Dame lose. Uh, another great argument would be, what if Notre Dame does lose? You're coming down to, say, the fourth spot. I mean, okay. Alabama, Clemson, and I don't know, let's say it's Oklahoma. Oklahoma's 12-1, and and they're safely in at the end of the season. You have a 12-1 and Michigan team. That won a Big Ten title that will have victories against Wisconsin, Michigan State, Penn State, Ohio State, and whoever comes out of the West, be it Iowa, Wisconsin again, Northwestern, whoever that is. And you have a Notre Dame team that beat them head-to-head, but their resume isn't close. They beat them in week one head-to-head, but they'll have a loss to somebody, whoever you want. Say it's Northwestern this week or Syracuse or USA, whatever it is, 11-1 Notre Dame with the head-to-head win. September 1st, and Michigan at 12-1 and with the Big Ten Championship. That's the perspective that I want to get, Jimmy B. Who do you take? That's, that's a great question because one of the things that they do to break ties is if they played head-to-head, who won that game? That's, I would love to see that, Trent, because then we would have established absolute pure chaos for this committee. And there's going to be a lot of unhappy people. And what the committee could say is, well, Notre Dame lost later. Generally, they will tell you if you lose one early and then start to win out, it doesn't impact you as much as if you lose one late. So if that's the case, I would think that Michigan would get that because they won the conference championship title game, which Notre Dame cannot play. Maybe it's time for them to join the ACC. More on college football, Jim. And let's go to Maryland. After it was announced yesterday by the Maryland Board of Regents that DJ Durkin would be reinstituted as the coach. When the announcement came down, a number of Maryland players left the uh, meeting that was happening there. 
This is baffling. I mean, it's it's absolutely crazy. Jim, when I read this yesterday, and it came across Twitter uh, right after we wrapped up our program, and, and as it did, I couldn't believe it. I, I really thought that I read the headline wrong because there was no scenario that I envisioned that DJ Durkin was going to be back as the head coach. Urban Meyer, I told you early in that process, I thought he was going to be back. And at first, many people said that I was a moron, that there was no way that Urban Meyer could come back. But it's Urban Meyer, and you saw what happened here. This was a completely different level. I could not see this happening at all. What's going on in Maryland? What's happening with the Board of Regents? How can you bring this guy back? DJ Durkin is a scumbag and has been in the past. There are numerous accounts of some of the things that he has done. I, I It goes to show you that Board of Regents can be bought by high-money donors, and I believe that that played in to this equation, Trent. Everything, when you get to that level, is political-inspired, and that's exactly what has happened. You also saw at that news conference the president of the university says, I'm done, I'm retiring at the end of my term, Mm -hmm. which is like next June. He does not want his face or fingerprints to be associated with what just took place. You can tell from his body language he did not want to go to that news conference and announce that Durkin was reinstated, and he'll be coaching this weekend. This is a guy in the president that at least tried to have some moral stability. Because at college universities, I can take you to what you just referenced, Ohio State, where all the big money guys, oh, Urban's coming back, we're we're not letting him go. When you went to Louisville, what was the thoughts there with Rick Pitino? Oh, no, no, you you can't get rid of Rick. No, no, we'll, we'll, we'll step in and change all of that. That's the way college, big-time college football and basketball works now. It's all, it's all a money grab, and it always goes back to the almighty dollar. And it always goes back always to the big contributors, the money boys, who will pay off a coach to get him out of there if he's fired. You know, there's so much conversation that's taking place right now about Gus Malzahn at Auburn. Trent, that dude just signed a contract extension, and his buyout is like $20, $25 million. Well, you hear hear the the Auburn uh, people down there, oh, that's nothing. We'll pay him off and get a new coach. I mean, it's, it's nothing. It's a drop in the bucket to them. So uh, this is this is the worst. I'm going to make up a, a word: scumbaggery of scums that could ever happen now in college football with this guy. He has death on his hands, and they refuse to cut bait with him. College football, college athletes in general, don't have a whole lot of power. If no. these players are disgusted, as it seems they are, and many people across the country are, they have an opportunity. They, they have the power now that they can put it in their own hands and say, we're not suiting up. If DJ Durkin is our coach, we're not going out there. And think of the ruckus that that create. There is a lot in front of these kids. They have the chance to do it, Jim. We'll see how this plays out. But another bad look 
out of the newest addition to the Big Ten. And it didn't stop there yesterday, Jimmy B. Moore, as a Rutgers player, was uh, caught up in a, a Myrtle murder plot. Rutgers yes. and Maryland, kick them out. What, what, what awful. Jim Delaney, I've sung his praises many times. Pull the Band-Aid off. Get rid of these garbage programs, these garbage athletic departments. Enough is enough. I'm, I'm, I'm sick of it. They, it was a money grab in an effort to try to get people to watch the Big Ten and grab money in the tri-state area, New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, and then down in the Beltway area in Maryland in College Park in the massive Washington, D.C., Baltimore area. Just a terrible money grab by the Big Ten, and it has backfired on what they tried to do. Pete Mundo coming up next. We'll talk some Big 12 football with him as we take you up until 2 o'clock today. It's Jimmy B and TC on 1700 The Champ. At Wolf Construction, we do many large construction projects across the Midwest, but we started as a roofing company, and we're still a roofing company today. At Wolf Construction, we believe in honest work, a fair price, and work we stand behind, and our 10-year workmanship warranty proves it. We know roofing. With our one-day get-it-done approach, we're known as a roofing machine. Call Wolf Construction for a free estimate at 515-225-8866 or visit us on the web at wolfconstruction.net. At Wolf Construction, we take your roof personally. Back with you on a Wednesday, it's Jimmy B and TC, 1700 The Champ. Time to get into the Big 12 as Iowa State appeared in the rankings for the college football playoff. Of course, Oklahoma up there with one loss and a whole lot more as Pete Mundo joins us from Heartland College Sports. Pete, good afternoon. Hey, guys. Great to be with you as always. I always love the conversation, Pete, throughout the years that we've had talking Big 12 with you and... Well, let's start at the top with college football. Oklahoma, their positioning in the college football rankings. Look, in the grand scheme of things, this means nothing. We know these change week to week. We know the committee has changed their mind of what they're looking for week to week. But your takeaway from last night and uh, what you saw from OU? Well, I thought it was good overall. I think that the Big 12 and the Sooners should be happy with what that ranking came out as a number 7. little perplexed by the fact that they're behind three one-loss teams. I mean, you look at OU's loss it's to a Texas team that was ranked, I believe it was, 17th last night. And, you know, their wins certainly continue to look better. That Iowa State demolishing looks great now. So, I was, you know, I, there's always something to pick at the, uh, at the committee for. But overall, like you mentioned there, Trent, it's not a big deal. If OU wins out, I, they have a great chance. In fact, I believe they'll be in the college football playoff. And that's all the Sooners should be worried about right now. Pete, uh, what do you make of all the talk, uh, since we're talking Oklahoma here, about Lincoln Riley and being the target of the Cleveland Browns? I, I, I thought that he put it to bed reasonably well, but he still left the door open a little bit. Yeah, I didn't think he closed the door. I had OU fans tell me, Jimmy, oh, you heard it there, he, he shut the door on it. No, he just simply said, not right now, the timing's not right, and... Uh, you know, I'm very happy here. He kind of gave you all the platitudes you'd, you'd expect in many ways. I did not think he shut the door on it. Do I think it's going to happen? No, I don't. Um, but to say that Lincoln Riley put it to bed, he certainly did not. But I think Lincoln Riley knows. You know, the guy can make five, six million bucks a year and have that job for 20 years at Norman. Why would you give that up? He's got a young family. It's a good community, a good town. I mean, look at Chip Kelly in the NFL. You go there, 
Chip Kelly won 10 games in the NFL, and he was out of work in, what, three, four years? I mean, what's the point? I, I don't get the appeal. I know wanting to win a Super Bowl on the highest level. I get the relationship with Baker Mayfield. But here's the thing about Lincoln Riley. The NFL, if he wants, it'll be there in two years. Hell, it might be there in two years with the Cleveland Browns because they're the Cleveland Browns. So I'm not going to get worked up over it. I don't think it's happening, but he certainly didn't shut the door on it. Speaking of that Browns job and and the connection to Oklahoma, what about Bob Stoops? As Stoops, obviously, second year without coaching football, a Youngstown guy. Could you see that making sense? Could you see Bob Stoops making that kind of move? Your thoughts there? I'd love it. I'd love it, Trent. Uh, I think it's wishful thinking for all of us. to. I I just think that Bob Stoops is in a place right now where, um, you know, he walked away for a reason. He walked away not because the team was on a downward trajectory, not because there was some serious health problem that we know of. I just said, you know what? I made my money and won a championship. I've had a lot of fun doing this, and I'm done. He's got his two sons there at OU that are walk-ons, and it looks like one of them, Drake Stoops, is a, you know going to be a part of this wide receiver rotation for the next few years. On what level, we don't know, but he'll be a serviceable player. He might not, probably won't be at all... All-American, but he'll be a serviceable player. Um, and I think he's enjoying life too much, and I, I would love to see it. I mean, Bob Stoops, Cleveland Browns, Baker Mayfield, that'd be a lot of fun. But I think right now it's more a pipe dream than anything else. Uh, Pete, uh, both the University of Iowa and Iowa State University appeared in the college football poll. Uh, were you a little surprised that Iowa State got there? Look, I know what their resume is. I know how many ranked teams that they have beaten. But still, their record is 4-3. and three. Were you a little shocked that they did show up? No, I was, uh, I was glad they showed up, Jimmy. I mean, I was looking at this, and I was saying to myself, okay, uh, this is an Iowa State team that anybody that's watching them right now knows that they can play with anybody in the top 25. Actually, I thought that the Iowa State ranking in the top 25 was uh, one of the best signs from the committee. The fact that they are not just looking at the AP poll and saying, okay, how are we going to do this? No, they are making a a concerted effort to look at this and say, all right, we have a team here in Iowa State that switched its quarterback, that's beaten the number six team in the country. Uh, They're on fire right now. And the past three, four weeks of football – They have played as well as anybody, so they deserve the top 25 ranking because that's what this team is right now, and that was how the committee was supposed to operate. There are certain things the computer can't figure out, and this was one of them. So I think that the Iowa State ranking is a case in point in why the committee uh, does work on many levels. There's reasons why it doesn't work, but the reasons why it does work, uh, we saw last night with the Iowa State ranking. Pete Mundo joining us, Heartland College Sports, taking a look around the Big 12. Pete, West Virginia in there in the rankings. They're still at 6-1. and one. Of course, we saw them a couple weeks ago here in Ames and not a great performance out of the Mountaineers. But let's play this. Let's say they do run the table. Incredibly difficult schedule to finish up starting this week in Texas. They get TCU after that, a road trip to Stillwater, and then Oklahoma, and maybe a rematch a week later with the Sooners in the Big 12 championship game. They lost the game against NC State because of the Hurricanes. What would an 11-1 West Virginia team look like and how they'd measure up against maybe some other one-loss teams that would be out there? I think what's going to hurt West Virginia big-time, Trent, is the uh, is the lack of the NC State game that you mentioned. I mean, 
the resume is going to be really good. It could have two wins over Oklahoma over an eight-day span at the end of the season. I mean, that would be incredibly impressive, especially if OU does not stumble between now and Black Friday. Um, but at the same time, I just feel like something's going to be missing for this West Virginia team. The reality is, too, the Blue Bloods are going to get more of a, a break than our teams like West Virginia. It's just the reality of the situation, uh, and I hate to say it's true, but it is. Had they had that non-conference win over NC State, who is also in the top 25, I think it would be a very different story. Then you have a one-loss West Virginia team that's absolutely in the conversation, if not in the college football playoff. But without that game um, and then the loss in Ames and not being a blue blood, it might be tough for West Virginia to uh, convince a few voters on that committee that they're worthy of being in. Are you concerned that uh, that if the if Oklahoma does not win out, or even if they do win out, and I know that you say that Oklahoma is making a case to be in the Final Four, but let's just say that Notre Dame goes undefeated, they don't have to play a championship game, Alabama is in, let's say Georgia beats Alabama in the SEC championship game. So now they'd have to take Alabama and Georgia along with Notre Dame. You could have two Power Five conferences left out of the Final Four, Pete. You could. You very well could. Um, And I don't know what the expansion talk will be after that about expanding this thing. I know a lot of people will have that discussion and will say just that, that, all right, well, that means we have to build out the playoffs. I'm not buying Notre Dame in the mix just yet. I mean, I, I a one-loss Notre Dame team should have nothing to do with the college football playoff. I'm sorry, it just shouldn't. Um, so, And I think they will lose a game over the next month of the season. I don't think that Notre Dame is going to make the college football playoff. Uh, I believe they'll stumble, and a one-loss Irish team should not be in. But it is possible that, yes, you could have a couple of conference champions left out. And, you know, especially especially if the SEC continues to get the kind of love that it's getting. And I'm not saying in Alabama's case it's not well-deserved. I'm not saying that. I'm also not saying that maybe in LSU's case it's not well-deserved. But you are continuing to see a trend of favoritism towards that conference. And if you're going to end up with every year now two SEC teams in because you justify it by saying, well, Alabama's so good, we have to take the second-best team because they're probably a top-four team in the country – then it's just going to become the all-SEC college football playoff, and I guess TV executives might like it. Uh, the SEC will like it. But is that really what the sport's supposed to be doing? I don't think it is. Talking right now with Pete Mundo. Pete, you know, it, it's interesting. You look at the slate of games this week, and overall West Virginia-Texas certainly dominating the headlines. Oklahoma-Texas, a uh, lot of talk about what happened a few years ago when these two teams met, and they had Baker Mayfield on one side and, and Pat Mahomes on the other. But – Here's the first game I do want to get your perspective on. Kansas State at TCU, the two most disappointing teams in the Big 12 this year. Is that fair to say? Oh, no doubt about it. I mean, both these teams, it's been a disastrous year. Bill Snyder, I mean, I've been saying it for, for weeks now. It's time to go. It's time to hang them up. I mean, just, just go enjoy retirement. Play a little golf if you play any. If not, I'll teach you how to play, but stop coaching football. It's It's over. <laughs> Um, it's time to get fresh blood into that program. It just—it's got to be done. Someone that know, and it's not his son either. The idea that Sean Snyder is going to be able to take this thing over and 
lead it to the kind of success that it's had in the past, it's not going to happen. You know why it's not going to happen? Because he's basically running the program right now. Bill Snyder has told us as much. And K-State does not have, they usually have one or two, especially on defense, one or two pros that can compete at the next level and can be that, you know, second, third round pick. Those guys aren't really there. I mean, maybe Reggie Walker will be there. I don't think Duke Shelley is that guy. I'm just not seeing it. So it just it needs some new blood, and it feels to me like Snyder's kind of holding the uh, the program hostage here because no one can tell him, "Hey, uh, we, we'd like to, we love you, we love everything you've done, but it is time for us and for you to move on." Uh, I don't think that should be insulting to him. I guess it will be, and that's why they haven't done anything about it. TCU, I mean, it's just a fluke. Uh, it's a tough season. Last week was brutal. Sean Robinson done for the season, the quarterback, and then you have Kevontae Turpin kicked off the team, and then you lose to Kansas. Kind of the trifecta of awful results and awful news for TCU. I'm not worried about Gary Patterson, but uh, it is a rebuilding year. We thought it might be after losing 20-plus seniors last year, and, you know, you just look to next season now. Hey, Pete, let me follow up then with what you were just uh, discussing there with Kansas getting that win over TCU. Uh, They have been the doormat team, it seems like, forever. Uh, in now the Big 12. Iowa State plays them. They should be able to take care of business there. But do you see signs of life finally with that Kansas football program? I don't, Jimmy, and here's why. The reason why is because I know you can look at this year and say, well, this team has won three games. That that is uh, the equivalent of their win total the past three seasons. That's impressive looking at it on paper. Problem is this. They have a large portion of seniors that are on that two deep and start for this team. And their freshman class is ranked 169th in the country right now. They have one commitment for the 2019 class. So to win three games, go rah-rah, and then be back to square one next year makes zero sense. And it doesn't tell me the program's trending in the right direction. If you have to build over three years, to get three wins in a single season, you're not the guy. I'm sorry, you are not the guy. And that's kind of where I think we are with David Beatty. The expectations are so low, we're justifying really uh, still below average and bad results, and we shouldn't be doing that. Pete, uh, finally, uh, a look at Kansas this week. Uh, A win against TCU last week. Iowa State, of course, uh, making their road trip down there. Feels like maybe a letdown spot. Their first October victory and 38 tries for the Jayhawks here. Iowa State's a lot better. Any concerns at all, though, making the uh, trek down there to Sleepy Lawrence? No, I, I not at all. I think you're right about that trend where, they, I mean, last week for the Jayhawks, that was their Super Bowl. They had played TCU a couple of times very close in the last few years. They got their win. Uh, Iowa State's on a mission right now. It's a cliche, but I really do believe that this team has a chance to play in the Big 12 championship game in a, just over a month from now. So I, uh, I think Iowa State goes down there. They're very confident, takes care of business. Brock Purdy is just continuing to uh, reinvent this offense and give it a layer that it didn't have under Kyle Kemp or Zeb Nolan. And, you know, the defense is playing as well as any defense in the country. So uh, Peyton Bender had his best performance of the season last week against TCU, the uh, Kansas quarterback. I don't expect that to happen this week. He's been mediocre at best. He's actually been pretty bad most of the season. I expect to revert back to that situation, and Iowa State picks up a pretty comfortable win.
Uh, speaking of uh, Iowa State and head coach Matt Campbell, is his name just going to pop up uh, for any job opening? I mean, it, it could be in Moose Breath, Montana. Oh, they're interested in Matt Campbell at Iowa State. Is that just going to be the scenario now for Cyclone fans? Yeah, I think it is. I think that's where we're at, and that's a good thing to you know have be the case. And when you have your coach being the most wanted guy or one of the most wanted people in America, uh, that means your program's in a good situation. I do believe Matt, loyal, Matt Campbell is loyal to this program, barring a Notre Dame, Ohio State type of situation. Um, I don't think there's much to be concerned about at the moment. But, yeah, I think Iowa State has to learn to live with these rumors and also enjoy them for what they're worth. Thank you, Pete. As always, good catching up with you. What do you guys have up at Heartland College Sports? Well, we got all the previews. We'll be rolling those out over the next day or two for a week 10 in the Big 12 season, college football season. I can't believe it. So uh, we're already in double-digit weeks. We got, you know, the podcast, the previews, power rankings. It's all uh, it's all over at Heartland College Sports. So a lot of good stuff, guys. We'll be reading it. Thanks, as always, for your time today, Pete. All right. Talk to you soon. Pete Mundo, Heartland College Sports with us here. Big 12 fans, great place to go. Previews, a lot of great information that the guys work on over there. And a big thank you to Pete, as always, for joining us, Jimmy B. West Virginia, Texas this week, certainly the game of the week. An early look here on a Wednesday. you got to lean one way or the other. You know, I I can't see West Virginia laying an egg like they did when Iowa State took them to the woodshed. Uh, And it was a road game for West Virginia. I can't see them doing that two road games in a row. Uh, against, you know, high-quality opponents. I look for a much better effort against West Virginia. I mean, against Texas. I haven't looked at the uh, spread yet because, you know, I have to do my 30 seconds of prep work on Friday. I, I, it's so, incredible. You're 18-2 to against the spread <laughs> over four weeks. It's just unthinkable. <laughs> but, but, but when we get there, I'll probably have an opinion on that game. But I, I just can't see Dana Horkelson's team. Uh, you, you know, getting blown out, even though it's, you know, it's in Austin, Texas. I, I just don't see it happening, uh, particularly what I saw uh, with the passing game last mm-hmm. week um, with Oklahoma State and how they were able to pick apart Texas defensive secondary. Will Greer's a terrific quarterback. Iowa State just took him out, so to speak, out of his comfort zone, and they were never really in that game. I just I can't see it happening again, Trent. They're too good a team to have that happen again. We'll make our picks on Friday. Coming up next, Jimmy B, I got a story for you. I have a ghost story for you on Halloween. Oh, boy. I'll fill oh you boy. on on the details next. You want to stay right here. A ghost, a woman, well, many ghosts. We'll explain next. Ooh. It's Jimmy B and Ooh. TC. And we are back with you one final time. Welcome back in. Jimmy B and TC taking you up until 2 o'clock. We got the drive. On your way home from 4 until 6 o'clock and Tiki and Tierney in between with that national view from CBS Sports Radio. All right, Jimmy B, I, I teased it going into the last segment. It's Halloween. Mm-hmm. Happy Halloween. Are you trick-or-treating tonight? Uh, I'm going as a uh, very old and decrepit TV sportscaster. Oh, he, you already have the costume. You're ready to go. <laughs> no dressing up for Jimmy B. He will do that yeah, I'm good. this evening. And, well, of course, trick-or-treating last night here in Des Moines. And, uh, well, at the bars, you can wear your costume. You'll be looking forward to that. But I have a ghost story for you, Jim. Now, this comes from the New York Post, so 
take it with maybe a grain of salt. Okay. Here's the headline. Woman who had sex with 20 ghosts is now engaged to a spirit. <laughs> yeah. This is a real story, folks. This is real. In December, Amethyst yeah. Realm told a British TV show that she cheated on her fiancé with a ghost and since then has gone on to have supernatural affairs with at least 20 paranormal beings. Now, Jim, as you get later in life, I, I don't know if if the spirits are talking to you a little bit more. Have have you ever been contacted by a ghost? Have, have you had relations with a ghost? What's going on as you get up there in age? I'm, I'm just telling you right now, uh, I might be a little longer in the tooth, but I'm far from dead, and I don't want that uh, that that ghost thing even coming near me, Trent. Now, that sounds truly scary. And what's what's the woman's name again? Uh, let me find it here. Amethyst. Amethyst A- Realm. <laughs> she's British. Okay. I mean, she's a little nutty. Yeah, I, yeah, All right, I she's know. really nutty. Yeah. Now, she, she yeah. was proposed to by... By the spirit, and apparently she said yes. Now, this is how she explained it happened. Okay. There was no going down on one knee. He doesn't have knees. But for the first time, <laughs> I heard him speak. So this was strictly a sexual relationship she was having, apparently, with this ghost. I could actually hear his voice, and it was beautiful, deep, sexy, and real. Uh, lock her Uh-oh. up. <laughs> I mean, lock her up. What's going on here? Come on. Did, did she say Did she say that he doesn't have he any doesn't knees? He doesn't have knees. He's a ghost. He doesn't have knees. Is he just a torso? If that's the case, how are you having sex? Does it cut off mid-thigh? He doesn't have knees. Oh, man. Oh, I cannot believe that. Look, people are out there, boy. I'll tell you, that, they are. There are some serious space cases that they are. Jimmy B coming up tonight. We got more action for you. Ball State yeah. at Toledo, an entertaining night last night. How about Buffalo getting it done and covering the touchdown spread against Miami of Ohio? That that was a good one. Maxion, yeah. what do you got going on in the crappy NBA? What, what's do we got a good night at the very least? I know one game I'll be watching this evening. Minnesota hosting Utah and George Niang. I knew that you were going to bring that up because that's the one that I was going to reference yeah. if you were going to give me that opportunity. Absolutely. Yeah, I'll be all over that one. And I just saw something, too, that it looks like Jimmy Butler is not going to travel to the next game or something. They're going to give him a day off. <laughs> this is this is getting crazier and crazier, the, the Jimmy Butler thing. And Adrian Wojnarowski at ESPN has also uh, tweeted out that the price for Jimmy Butler apparently is still at a ridiculously high price. And so that's why nobody has really kind of gone after uh, Jimmy Butler at this time. Get it. Understand it. I mean, it, it's... I'll give you... Yeah. It hasn't been great. It hasn't been wonderful yet, but it's okay. At the very yeah. least, you know, it's, it's, it's been okay, and they need him. They absolutely uh, they need him. They do need him, yes. That's more, most importantly what they certainly have to have here. So that's a, a big uh, a big one this evening one I'll be keeping an I'll eye on I'll give you one other All I'll right. give you one other yeah later later tonight New Orleans at Golden State mm-hmm. Anthony Davis and company 
Uh, and does Clay Thompson score like 962 three-pointers in this game? There's a lot to watch here tonight. Pretty good evening. Yeah, can't complain. Yeah. I, I think we got a good, pretty good one tonight. Looking forward to it. San Antonio, Phoenix, that'll be the uh, the late game on ESPN. Don't know how much I'll get into that, but I haven't seen much DeAndre Ayton, so because of that, I'd maybe at least get a glimpse of him. I'm I'm into the NBA tonight, Jimmy B. I'm into it. Okay. I'll, okay. I'm going to keep going here. Hockey, I, I, I watched a little bit of the Black, Wild last Black night. Blackhawks at... Blackhawks at Chicago, or at uh, Vancouver. That's the only game tonight. Corey Crawford yeah. will be back, and uh, maybe something there. Eh, a, a weird night, a weird Wednesday, and it's Halloween. So are you partying tonight? Are you hitting up a costume party? What, what's on the agenda? Uh, I generally do my Halloween trick-or-treating as soon as it gets dark because you know I have to you know, get my beauty sleep, so I'm mm. out by 8 or 8.30 in the evening. So, yes, I will, uh, I will be out on the street begging for candy, and then I'll be fastly, uh, uh, quickly back to the house and uh, asleep, pal. You're going to be in trouble then, Jim. Last night was trick-or-treating in Des Moines. We do it a day early. No, no, no. Nobody I, rang I, your doorbell? No, no. I don't do beggar's night. I oh, don't. Okay. It's the, it's the most ridiculous thing I ever saw. I'll be out tonight knocking on a couple of doors <laughs> and telling them I'm trick-or-treating on real Halloween. Hey, Martha, there's some old man at our front step asking <laughs> for candy. He looks like an old TV sportscaster. <laughs> Got to be careful. Might get shot at. <laughs> Got to be careful with that. That'll do it for the program today. Thanks, everybody out there for listening in. Again, the drive comes your way from 4 until 6 o'clock. Wolfgang and myself, we got Pat Hardy dropping by. We'll talk Hawkeyes with him. NFL conversation, Brad Gagno will be our guest, and we will get into college football and the latest rankings with Ben Kirchival. That all comes your way today from 4 until 6 o'clock, all here on 1700 The Champ.